May the force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge. The invitation in this podcast, May the Life Force Be With You, is to explore what it means to truly feel alive, to appreciate the physical, emotional and spiritual connection to our energy, and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do. May this conversation inspire you to thrive. This episode of May the Life Force Be With You is brought to you by Moment Company and The Moment Pebble. The Moment Pebble is a beautiful, natural stone, light-guided breathing device and is a unique gift for someone who needs that gentle reminder to stop and take a break, to take moments throughout their busy day and to practice mindfulness. Just head over to momentcompany.co, that's momentcompany.co and enter the code LIFEFORCE at checkout to receive an exclusive 10% podcast discount. Hello and welcome everybody to the latest episode of May the Life Force be with you and Karila and I have a fabulous guest Elaine with us today who Karila is going to introduce in just a second but before we do I almost feel like I've got to do a little bit of prep for the next hour because it feels like it's going to be a great conversation. I can feel the energy building already. So um, I just welcome Elaine you to to our space and to our podcast. Thank you for being here. And I invite everybody else who's who's listening to um, grab a cuppy, sit down, take a deep breath. (laughs) It feels right just for you to kind of get into our energy, our space and our zone today. And we we welcome whatever comes up in this conversation from death and aliveness, which I know are some of the things you've talked about in the past, to pleasure, to breath work, to sexuality, and to everything that connects all of that to life force. So, Karila, over to you. I am so honoured and excited to be introducing Elaine Young to this conversation. She's a facilitator an energy and body worker. She works in the realms of spirituality, breath work, shamanism, energy, pleasure, uh, spirituality and soul. And why I am so excited to, to welcome her to this conversation is every time I am lucky enough to have a moment of connection with her, it's mind-blowing and it's um, liberating and it's inspiring, but also over the years, you know, Elaine's taught all over the world. She's held space all over the world. And over the years of knowing her, I've bumped into people who know her too, who have been held by her. And I have never, ever known of a space holder that has as much respect when people talk about her as as Elaine. And, and, and yeah, I've never known it with any other amazing of the amazing space holders I know the level of respect that people have for this amazing woman is like next level and (laughs) that really says something about her work and who she is and her heart and so I am just so excited (laughs) she's on may the life force be with you and um so Elaine thank you um it's funny because just before we went live (laughs) just you came on me and Fiona were like let's talk let's get her to talk about pleasure yeah. <laughs> and you came on and you were like yeah I, I I'm really excited not to be talking about pleasure <laughs> uh, uh, but then you said something really interesting and you said actually 
pleasure creates life force energy. And that was the thing that, that made me go, that's where I want to begin this conversation. So, yeah. Hello. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> it's so nice to meet Fiona. And also, you know, as Claire said, we've had a long, a long history now of years of, um, yeah, abstract conversations and moments. <laughs> places. Um, and, I mean, firstly, with a name like May the Life Force Be With You, how could I not want to come on? You know, like that in itself was just like such a great title. Um, Thank Fiona for that title. Yeah. She is genius. So, <laughs> all the um, anti woo woo parts of me, you know. Um, <laughs> and so it's interesting because earlier this year I had to write an introduction for. Um, for for a course that I was doing that was on energy, and and I remember thinking I need to write something about energy to give people an idea of what I'm talking about because it is such a multi modality word, you know. So what do we even mean? And I once spent seven days in a, a space where the facilitator banned us from using the word energy at all ever wow very interesting experience to see like what am I actually talking about am I talking about sensation am I talking about a feeling am I talking about an emotion we're talking about something else so I have this interesting relationship with the word energy and particularly the word energy and life force and chi and how that is used, you know, throughout many different traditions and practices, whereby in some traditions, people speak of chi and life force being different channels, being separate, or where does chi sit with life force and sexual energy? If, if somebody's like, I don't know what you're talking about, mm. what would you say? I mean, I think anybody listening to this is is already curious mm. about life force energy. But it, it, if somebody's going, okay, you're talking about chi, and yeah. I've never heard of this, what what would you say chi is? Well, like almost everything. If you googled it, you'd probably get a thousand <laughs> definitions of what it is. When I'm using it, I'm meaning chi when it's spoken about in traditional practices like Taoist practices and qigong, where we're talking about they equate it to life force energy too, and those those energy channels are channels that are inside of us, sometimes through chakra system, which some people may know, or the meridians. And they're also in the energy field outside of our body because it's a, a, an auric field or energy that expands. So in um, traditions, particularly more the older Eastern traditions, they tend to refer to chi. Some people use life force Many people that I work with in sexuality, when they say life force, they mean sexual energy. And other people see that as being a, a separate flow. So for me, do you believe? I, I, for me, I experience them all as being the core energy, which, mm-hmm. you know, is, is, in, is the sexual energy, is not only the sexual energy, but the sexual energy is in there. I, I feel for me in the core of life yeah. force. For me too. I, 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 I feel like sexual energy I, I feel like it's a shame that we ha- are so narrow with our sexual energy because I feel like it stops us connecting to our life force energy because 
we kind of put it over there in that box of like that's the only time I can connect to it is when I'm with a partner or, or do you see what I mean yeah. like I'm sure part of the work that you do is about bridging that and and changing that so. completely I mean there's it'd be a whole other podcast on why are we disconnected from our sexual energy and why are we afraid and ashamed and why do we lock it in a box and only take it out when it's appropriate, you know, whatever that appropriate time may be. And, you know, also when I was preparing this, this piece of writing, you know, I, I had to name the fact that in my view, and this will not resonate with everyone, you know, societal structures and religious structures and cultural structures have been working to uh, disconnect us from the force of our sexual energy. And if we want to be conspiracy theorists about it, we would say it's so that we're disconnected from our power. Because for me, the connection to sexual energy is intrinsically linked with the personal power, with the aliveness we have. Um, But it's not just all about sexual energy, where I've seen the other end of the scale, where people who are deeply focused on sexuality you know they kind of miss the the wider spectrum of all the other energies and they're just focusing in on on sexual energy itself um that's interesting you said that because that is where my mind went it's almost like there's two extremes right now in 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 culture and society you know grew up in scotland like keelan and (laughs) just don't talk about that stuff heaven forbid (laughs) you know you just wouldn't talk about that so you've kind of got the 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 um repress keep it quiet don't give it away that's your precious thing that you you keep that for yourself versus the opposite end maybe in the last 20 30 years probably 40 years where it's like maybe 50 put it out there Mm. and but it's but it's very much a, a badge that isn't connected and when you see um you know obviously particularly women in in media it feels like everything's on show but it feels very shallow and it feels like there is no connection to self. It's a display rather than it being an actual um, symbol of power or connection. So I can kind of see that both sides. Completely. And on top of my Scottish reservedness, my <laughs> mother's family are from Ireland and are Catholics. So I had like this oh, wow. other, perfect mix. double dose of um, Scottish and Irish um, sexual shame uh, that, you know, came through the, the generations and, and it is, I mean, I see often when I work with people in groups about sexuality, I say that it's either shamed and shut down or it's objectified. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of That's like it. they don't want us to be connected to our sexual energy because of all the reasons um, that it's shameful and it's sinful and it's dangerous and blah, blah, blah. And they want to use sexual energy to sell us stuff, to mm-hmm. make us feel like we need to buy expensive handbags or sports cars. or So there's like these, and also the same is true with pornography, where there's a lot of disconnection and a lot of impersonalization and disconnection from the heart. And there's this kind of, um, and, and, and actually another big subject obviously in the world today connected a lot to life force is, is trauma. And actually a lot of... You know, hypersexuality and expression of sexuality is actually uh, now being more recognised as a as a trauma response in itself. Um, so we either really can shut down, or we can really become overtly, overly, outwardly sexual. But actually, it's it's often related to um, 
to trauma responses for basic things like safety and approval and validation and all of that. So, yeah, this almost like an overcompensation after sexual repression for generations, you know, um, there's like a bit of the the claiming of sexual freedom and and also it can then swing almost like too far the other way where it becomes the focus, the obsession. It becomes, you know, some people that I've worked with in the past would would come with a with a message of um, in an email saying that they had addictions, you know, or dysfunctional behavior. Um, so there's everything in, in the spectrum from complete fear and shutdown to, to um, over-focused, um, distorted sexuality. And, and what I'm interested in is where can we start to come into an integrated, you know, form of this where we're neither in shutdown and denial or a, being run by our sexual energy and it taking over um, all of our decisions and all of our choices in life. So I'm really curious about um, what you said about shame mm. because, well, I'm, I'm curious about two things you've just said because you said, you know, sexual energy is power. And I'd really like to go, I'd really like to go into what power means when you say that. And because I think we have a really uncomfortable relationship with power. Mm-hmm. And the the reason why I'm I'm then so interested when, when you're kind of talking about, uh, you know, different forms of shame and how they manifest in sexual energy and in our relationship with sexual energy part of the reason I'm, I'm interested in that is because I, from my shadow work understanding, shame is the feeling of being overpowered. So shame is the feeling of not having our power. And I'm just curious as to how being over, an experience of being overpowered then then displaces your relationship with your life force energy, also known as your sexual energy, also known as your power. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and how 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 when somebody is feeling overpowered or feeling shame, they can then like where do you go from there? Like mm-hmm. how do you reclaim? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well it's I mean, power is an interesting word in itself, you know, and in in many of the processes I've worked with over the years with people, power has been one of the main um, areas of, of exploration because a lot of people have mm-hmm. lost their power, given away their power, had it taken away from them in some ways at some times. Mm-hmm. And so when we use the word power, most often what people think is the unhealthy you know, dynamic that is mostly out in the world, which is power over, power used in a way to dominate others, to have control. So when I say the word power, what I'm meaning is a personal power, which is very different to that kind of power that is dominant and and, and um, used to gain things. It's like this personal inner power. So in terms of... You know the root meaning of the word power. Tell me. Tell me. I'm sure oh, there's quite a few, but what... what um, 
the root meaning—the root meaning of the word power—is the same as the root meaning of the word magic, and it means to yeah. be able. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, so it's that. So there's nothing to do with exerting power. Oh, no, it, it is exactly what you just said. It is. It's that like to 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 have the uh, to be capable. Yeah, to be capable of presumably what you want. <laughs> like, as soon as you say power in a room to a group of people, like we're going to be working with power, like there's this, there's this like collective freezing of breath and and tension, and and there's this fear and desire for it because there's a lot misunderstood, and there's actually people who don't want power because they see it's been, um, it's dangerous and it gets misused, and they see mm-hmm. other people, so they actually some people they give away all their power because they feel like um, I don't want to behave badly with that power, you know, as, as they perceive it, or I don't want responsibility for that power. So it's actually in some ways it's kind of... And do you think that's the over-sexualization? Do you think that's giving away power when people go into that over-sexualization? Um, it's like I'm getting this power and I need to just give it away. It, it, can, it can be. I think it's more, more commonly... Like a, like a it's like a hypersexual trauma response that either comes from being valued for that, gaining validation for that, perhaps having experiences, particularly in early life, which then lead you to that default way of fawning and people pleasing, um, which can be displayed just in your general behavior, but can also really be displayed very strongly in in a very hypersexual way. And it can be a way of trying to get power from the outside. So often that can lead to this kind of, you know, trading with sex and power. And sex, power and money are the three of the biggest anchors of of things that human beings are trying to um, work through, I think, you know, in this time on the planet. Um, so the per- so personal power... Because they're all in it. Yeah, because they're all energy. Because exactly. they're all energy. Yeah. And in such, to some extent, we need them all. To some extent, we're afraid of them all. We want them all. We don't know what to do with them once we get them. So some people with their power, actually, when you when you delve into it, they they actually don't want it because they, they have a fear that then they're responsible for what they do with it. And in some ways, in this kind of the, the triangles of people sometimes getting into the victimhood, if I have no power then, you know, I'm not to blame, I'm not responsible. So there's can be a fear of like owning that power. And I'm talking here, personal power, personal, am I capable? And when we look at the body and, and people in the energy systems of the chakras, which are these energy centers, so common, the wounding in people is in the solar plexus, which is the, the the area of this personal power of this I am capable, like where am I rooted to? Um, because many of us have been, you know, attacked there or affected there um, by life experience. So power, as as we were peddling back to your to your question about power, power is this knowing of the self this kind of self level of belief of i am capable i have the power to do things i have the power to influence my own life to make choices to be a creator to you know to to love um and if that is not there then it becomes 
very um, challenging as a human being to exist in the world of love, relationships, uh, professional life, um, financial security. You know, all of those things are are affected if we we don't. So, in terms of how power relates to sexuality that's one of the areas where we can either be in our power or not be in our power and so if we're not then we may as you say also be giving away our body or our sexuality in order to try and get power from somewhere else on the outside and that's it's so funny you say sex money and power it's interesting to me you say sex money and power because all of them are about being able, <laughs> you know, like power in its raw form is about being able to heat your house, being able to survive the winter, money opens doors. It's about being able and and sex is, <laughs> sex is creation for one. It's like being able to keep going, you know, <laughs> as a human species. <laughs> And they're all, they're all, as you say, a form of energy, you know. So it's like, you know, the energy of of um, abundance, the energy of, you know, sexual energy, the energy of, of having uh, having personal power um, and, and knowing how to use that and not how to misuse it. And often we're not, we're not taught that, you know, just like we're not taught as kids, like, oh, wow, you're this amazing human being that's also a spirit and also a sexual being and also you're a powerful being. Like, like nobody tells us that. Um, so where do we... So we so we, we form most of our ideas based on the outer display, which is often at the extreme ends of distortion um, of how those... All I'd like to ask you about people-pleasing, actually, because mm. people-pleasing... So what started this podcast was my guides channeled six ways that people cause tiredness within themselves, which my guides say is the death of their own life force energy. And their version of people-pleasing is that when you people-please, what you do is you put your life force energy, which is your sexual energy from their point of view, into somebody else's shadow. And in somebody else's shadow, that energy dies. And so you feel tired. But what also happens with the pattern of people-pleasing is you then energize their shadow. So people in an unhealthy relationship, for example, their life force energy is going into somebody's shadow and it's actually making their shadow worse. And so that's why you see that person in that unhealthy relationship shrinking and the other person becoming more and more of a personal nightmare to that person. You also inherit, because your sexual energy is magnetic, you also inherit that person's shadow. So that's why you see somebody getting with an alcoholic and then becoming an alcoholic if they're running this pattern. And because you brought up people-pleasing sexually, I just wanted to like suggest this view to you about people-pleasing and see if you have anything to say mm. from what happens when you then do that sexually, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time working with individuals and groups, speaking with people about, you know, their sexual um, behaviours and engagements and the consequences of those and the, the patterns of those, which usually are 
you know, um, often strong and often um, repetitive um, mm-hmm. based on like these kind of inherent behaviors. So firstly, I would say that for me, that kind of makes sense of, as a way of explaining it, because essentially if you are, if you are people pleasing or fawning um, or engaging sexually with someone because not because you really want to, but because there's something to gain, whether that's mm-hmm. safety, approval, money, part, whatever it is, you essentially have to have on some level, a lack of, of authentic boundaries, you know, you, you, so you're allowing yourself to overstep your boundaries. And when you're overstepping your boundaries, you're of course going to be losing energy because you're not in your authentic expression and they will in return be, um, receiving energy power whatever that is because you're you're giving it away to them in some way you think you're getting something back and maybe you are getting something back on the side but actually for me the most common kind of fawning things are either people desperately wanting love and attention and therefore Mm -hmm. being in sexual engagement because that's the only way they know how to get it people learning that's the way they can Using sex for love, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, Or safety. You know, this is really interesting when you look at the um, the, this trauma element of hypersexuality, where people will often go and connect with the person perceived with the most power. This is why alpha males often, in certain constellations, people will engage with them, particularly if the history is of maybe having some violation of their sexual boundaries, they will go and connect with that alpha male in order to get perceived safety. Um, Now, it will have other consequences, and often there's a kind of a shadowy trade going on there on both sides. Um, Or they've learned that that's how they get affirmation and validation. Um, And we, we all do this, you know, to some degree, there's none of us that are there's none of us that are free of this we might do it to a little degree we might do it in certain circumstances we might do it at sometimes and not others and, and we might have the extreme so where is you know this is a beautiful inquiry for me where is the the part of us that's learning to be a person and to be considerate of others and to be flexible and and compatible and where is the part of us that is actually in some kind of you know um trading manipulating fawning pleasing and and those lines are mm-hmm. are often blurred um but there was something else you said that made me ah yeah so one of my very simple little visuals that i often say to people when we're talking about energy mm-hmm. particularly sexual energy but can use for any kind particularly if you're not in touch with your own sexual energy, you're not allowed to, you're not able to raise eros in your own body um, with self-pleasuring or self-love or whatever, is you're, you're kind of walking around like a little particle with a lot of electrons on the outside, like, like a lot of little negative, you know, things needing charge. And, mm-hmm. um, and so you're going around kind of looking for someone who's a bit of a proton, who has some positive energy to, <laughs> give to, you, to create some kind of, you know, exchange codependency. Um, and, and often if people are sensitive and aware, they wouldn't be a little sense that you're coming with all these negative things and they'll run the other way, you know, but if there's someone who in that moment 
feels like there's a trade to be had on their side, they may come and say, okay, yeah, I will, I will take all your negative this, you can have all my positive this, and, and somehow we'll be in an enmeshment of some kind, which will most likely be subconscious. Um, and, and so I guess that's why they call it chemistry on Eros and can move <laughs> that energy for, you know, for themselves then they tend to have more positive, you know, energy on the outside. And ideally, we'd go along with our positive energy and meet another little proton and, you know, we could be in in sharing. But so often there's these kind of slightly, um, yeah, dysfunctional kind of uh, connections that, that, that we have. As a, as a means of survival or, um, or as a means of, of, of success. So okay. one of the... With the means of survival, is it because literally people, if if they they're missing, is it because they're thirsty energetically? Like, is 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 yeah. that kind of as simple yeah. a way to say it? It's like if you're thirsty, you're going to drink dirty water. Yeah, I mean they're thirsty, but also they are depleted. Mm. You know, they're depleted in in, and so they need things to fill them up. So the so the other thing that I when I used to start working with clients, I used to ask them to write a list. And I, and I say this to, to most people in groups, write a list of all the ways you fill yourself up energetically and, and write a list of all the ways you expend energy. Because if you were a car, you wouldn't expect to run with no petrol. But somehow, <laughs> somehow as a human being, we expect to run on an empty tank. Mm-hmm. And and so most people, when they look at this, like the list of things they're expanding energy on, work, supporting others, da 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 da. And where am I filling up my own energy? Um, and and do I even know how to do that? You know, and for some people that might be nature, for some it's food, for some it's exercise, for some it's singing, for whatever your way is. If if you don't know how to feel your battery how to sense when it needs filling, how to fill it up, then you're always going to have to go somewhere to something or, or someone outside of yourself. Um, yeah. That, that, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm filling up with energy here because I'm just, whew, I want to kind of backtrack if I can about 10 steps, but I'll yeah, try I can see you, <laughs> but I can hear you. Oh. <laughs> and I really want to hear what you're saying. Oh, <laughs> we've never had these technical problems before. Never. Something is happening in the force. <laughs> the force is like. Can you hear me, Karila? Yeah, I can hear you. And Elaine, you can't hear me at all. Can you hear her? I can hear you, which is strange. Tell me your questions, Fiona. Okay. <laughs> so, my question or my observation is that um, that power is knowing of thyself kind of thing I felt very powerful in that so power is you and so I want to go right back to the very start Karila which was when you said that Elaine was an amazing space holder Mm. because what does that mean for people that don't know what being a space holder is and how that translates to holding energy for both the self and the collective and then what's the difference just so I I remember (laughs) Before, but we'll go for it um so translating fiona to elaine um fiona she is so interested in the and please correct me if i'm saying anything wrong 
um, in in this idea that that power is thyself, that power is authentic self, that power is you. And then she wants to like rewind right back to what I said at the beginning, which is that you're an amazing space holder and a, a revered space holder. And she wanted to know what what space holding means for anybody that doesn't know what it means <laughs> and, and what it means in terms of energy and mm. that how energy and life force are part of space holding. And then I'd like to just, Oh, can I add, add though, Camilla, just the difference between self and collective? Oh, and what's the difference between self and collective in terms of that? That's space holding. And then, and then I'm like, and how, how did you end up in space holding for people's sexual energy? And so there you go. So, yeah, so the term space holder is a funny one. Um, and it's like, you know, this sort of language people, once they know language, just use it and presume everyone knows it. And, um, and actually my, my background, which was many years in, in, as a medical scientist, I used to hate the kind of, um, scientific language that stopped people understanding things. So thank you for asking that question. Essentially, it means someone who, um, creates a space for other people to have processes or other people to go through um, experiences. Um, one of my dear, dear friends and colleagues who's a real radical um, being always says, there's no such thing as space holding. You don't have to hold space. It can hold itself, you know. <laughs> How arrogant do we think we are? That we can, that we can hold space. So, you know, there's there's a part of me that likes to use that term because it actually people know what you're kind of talking about if they know that language. And also, you know, there is, and it is also true, I don't totally agree with her, there is something where those of us who are, really the witness and maybe the guide for whatever experience people are in, we are doing something with our presence. Um, and, and actually what is going on is, is way beyond that. Because, um, and this is one of the things that, that people often, I get asked questions about, and sometimes it's hard to explain in words, what is actually happening, but when people sense the energetic of a space that is that is being held for a certain process, particularly if it's a challenging one around deep emotions or grief or for sexual energy or um, pain in the body, yes, you can show up in a room as a human being and say, okay, I'm here and this is what we're going to do. But actually, energetically, what needs to happen is a whole lot more than that in the kind of unseen realms of, and, and when people ask me to describe, well, what did you do to create this space? Because they can feel it. I, I sometimes find it hard to describe, but for me, it's like grounding the group and the experience into the land, into the space. It's connecting with the parts of me and the, the supports that I have to bring that there is encouraging them to stay connected to their body, to be grounded in themselves, to be, if they can, at least to begin with, to be regulated in their nervous systems and to be, to feel safer. I mean, there's no such thing as safe. 
And in terms of, I also work with a lot of kind of shamanic principles. So in terms of that, then I'm inviting them to create an energy field. I'm doing that myself. I'm working with the parts of nature that are around us, particularly like bodies of water, which are very good for helping to clear and transmute and support these kind of processes. So there's, it's, it's not just getting a room, opening it up and, and inviting people into something. Um, and they could both look the same, but people will feel the difference. And often the capacity that people have to drop into their process is, is affected by those factors. Um, uh, so that, I, does that kind of cover that space holding piece? It does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I can see, I can see the yes and I can live with, I can live with it does. I know, but um, I'll just, because it is recording. So, and, and your questions around, because, well, you know, because you, you know me. So for years I was working in diagnostics and in, in vascular surgery for a long time with people who were very, very sick in the physical body. And, and for me, I believe that that is related to in a consequence of emotional um, life, stress, all of those things. And also we are biological creatures that, that just have things that go wrong. So sometimes it's, things just go wrong. We're human beings with cells that sometimes get messed up. And the effect of the emotions and stress and disconnection from our life force is a, is a big influencing factor on, on, on disease. Uh, but actually, it was it was a very um, powerful grief event in my in my own life, which then took me to explore um, grief, emotions, um, and it was through that journey. And I somehow ended up. I didn't really even know what tantra was, but I somehow found myself <laughs> in, um, in a in a in a weekend. Um, and then I discovered like Osho and a lot of the kind of more dynamic, um, emotional, uh, cathartic type meditations. And that was one. And I thought I was doing that for myself. I had no intention. I had a nice life. <laughs> I was kind of settled. I was like, you know, uh, probably like, yeah, just like almost 40 or just 40 years old. Why would I change my life at that point? Um and then it became very clear to me. People were telling me before I knew it, like, yeah, you're going to be doing this work. And I was like, no, 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 no. I have a nice life. I work three to four days a week. I go on holiday a lot. Um, and, and then very soon it became clear, like, yes, no, this, I, this, is, this is what I'm meant to be doing. So I, it was very much that grief event which shaped me and then shaped the truth, but I see and I understand that what I was doing before for a long time um, was also part of that, and, and still really serves, really serves. And how, how was it? What? How? 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 How has it served? In my on a few levels, in my I had to speak a lot. I worked as a, a although as a scientist, I worked clinically with patients, so I was constantly seeing people in their fear and in their anxiety and speaking with them during examinations and times about their results. Um, so on that level, I learned a lot about 
human beings and how they are under stress and in fear and, and in sickness. And ironically, I was working with many technologies, but mainly ultrasound, where I was using sound waves to look inside the body and to look for blockages and flow. And and um, and then I ended up more working now with energy and my hands and people <laughs> to start with rather than um, the machines and looking for... Uh, disruption to flow or shutdown to flow it, it, more in the energy system and in, than in the physical body. Um, so I feel like I I was working with, with wavelength and tissue and vibration and I got to feel a lot. And, and you know, some of those people I worked with were very sick, some of them, you know, in intensive care, many of them on cancer journeys, many of them on other um, intense journeys. Um, and some of I worked in operating theatres and we were kind of like inside the body. And so, like, my connection to the, to the matter um, and how that, how that feels and how... Um, I can sense like the history of us, not even just the history of us, like the history of our ancestors and our culture and all the things that that end up being held in this in this body. It's interesting. Wavelength. What did you say? Wavelength, tissue, and vibration. <laughs> I, I can see that that's tantra. I know. I know. I know the meaning of tantra is, is many things, but like I'm like there's something very tantric about that. So I can definitely see how how we are always walking our path, and how you are always walking that 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 path of of wavelength, tissue, and vibration, which I love as a statement. Yeah, yeah. So when people say, "Wow, that's very different," I'm like. Yes and no, you know, it's actually not so different. And and the other element of of energy or mm, that I'm work a lot with and I'm intrigued by and have always been is like the part of us that is like not the human being, the part of us that is the essence, the spirit, the soul. And that's another element of energy which then comes into um I believe, you know, into the energy systems that we have as a, as a human being. And many people are disconnected from that or don't know how to harness that. Or a lot of the, the wounds or the pain in, in, in that part of ourselves can be affecting the, the human life. Um, a lot of fracture happens between the, what I perceive to be, the soul and some people may not resonate with that that comes into the body um and the dance of of working with with humans um the way i have been doing these last years is is often looking at what is the interrelationship between this essence this soul and this human and and where is there a dysfunctional relationship with there where is there abandonment there where is there resentment there and as you know, um, you know, I've been quite strongly affected by 
by suicide being in people close to me in my life. And I really see that as one of these things where there's a, this existential, you know, crisis of um, between the soul and the and the human being and in, mm-hmm. in many of those those cases. So that is another element of our of our life force that is there in this this part of us that's kind of not so not the matter. Um, that's a really interesting perspective. That life force disconnection between body and soul coming together in that kind of suicide experience for many uh, you probably have to translate that Karila but that just is an interesting reflection to me that that made a lot of sense powerful way to look at it I'm scared to use the word power now but yeah <laughs> don't be scared to use the word power uh, <laughs> so um I, I you can yeah. add your reflection <laughs> Fiona is saying that so I want you to repeat it just because I don't want to miss phrase. it's just a reflection on the observation about suicide being that disconnect between body and soul so let me just that soul distress because if it goes too far I, I won't say it so Fiona is saying that it's an interesting reflection that suicide is the disconnect between body and soul. And do you have a question from that, Fiona? Is there anything that you want to speak more about in terms of that? Because lots of people are touched by suicide. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure anybody that is listening to this that has been touched by suicide is going to go, what do you mean? Yeah. Tell me so firstly to say is obviously not in every case, you know, of course, um, but in certain cases and certainly in the cases of, that I've known of people close to me um, who have taken their own life. And I know it's like a very, very difficult, painful, um, confusing thing to to experience. And that sends often us into a whole process around our own mortality and our own choices so when I speak about it I I don't want to make in any way you know go by it but I and I I don't often might not always bring it up in a conversation but I trust that it kind of somehow came came up now Um, so in some instances of people that I've known and and been close to who've chosen that choice and people I know who've had a lot of those kind of thoughts that I've worked with and and, um, supported through their processes there there can often be a purpose or a wound or a something that's in this part of us if we relate to the fact that we have a soul that is sometimes not fully landed and committed here into the body. Mm. You know, kind of um, maybe wants to be here, maybe not ready to be here, maybe, or maybe not ready to be here in the manifestation of the body it's in, uh, and, or that wants to drive the life of someone in one particular direction. Um, mm. And many people, you know, in 
sort of spiritual realms often speak around like the core human wound being the abandonment wound and you know mm-hmm. we see this playing out a lot in, in in adults and in our relating and you know one step of that is being separated from the mother at birth and another step of that taking back might be coming from source or wherever we, we feel we come from and, and being separated and coming into the to the human body so sometimes this part of us does not sit well in this human world doesn't maybe feel heard or in fact the other time can be that the the human personality is disregarded because people are on their soul's path and the poor human body and the person that just wants to be loved and feel secure is actually being dictated to so there's this interrelationship where there can be disharmony there can be disconnection there can be domination um, there can be conflict um, the way that I experience it in myself and that, that, that people have shared. So it's um, sometimes it is this feeling of I cannot be here, I don't want to be here, can arise, not always, but can arise from this part of us that doesn't really know how to integrate um, but maybe is aware of this, of this voice or the drive from, from this other part of us. It's so fascinating that you say that because my guides say that there's always two reasons that a soul embodies. One of them is purpose. One of them is like the divine mission, the the service work. And the other one is pleasure. And if, if, you know, a lot of humans are only living with one of those currents running and if you only live with one of those currents running, it is very, very destructive for your alignment, Mm -hmm. for your health, for your ability to be fully you. And I feel like obviously the most, the biggest destruction of that is what you've just described is is literally the destruction, destruction of life, of your own life, of the body. And, um, it makes me want to say, well, and we've come back to pleasure. Um, <laughs> we've, we've, we, we, we always go first. Unexpected first. subject. We've come back to pleasure and the and the importance of of pleasure. And so, obviously, a huge part of your work is pleasure, and particularly in the context of this conversation, I'd like to ask. So, if somebody is feeling disconnected from their pleasure, like they're too purpose driven. Mm. In, in their themselves, maybe not at that suicidal point, but just their life is all purpose. You said that pleasure creates life force energy, and I'd really like you just to speak on that for somebody that's listening to this, being like, mm-hmm. awakening, I, I need pleasure. And then, you know, I remember when I, through my own trauma, did a load of purpose throughout my life, and didn't actually know what pleasure was, <laughs> like didn't actually understand what pleasure was. So, so that's what I'd like you to speak mm. on. If you don't mind, mm. it's like what, 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 what is pleasure, and how do people cultivate it, mm. especially you. in order to create life force energy? Thank you. There's the one thing. There's one thing I feel to just share around the, you know, the potential depression of not wanting to be here, or the potential thoughts or choice of suicide, which I think one of the other important factors which somehow feels important to mention which i believe is a 
another main driving cause is the lack of expression and permission for the emotions. And so often people are um, unable to be with the pain of things from the past because they do not know how to, um, they've not got any permission to express them. There's a fear of expressing them. And so rather than, so often then they can develop destructive, you know, and also I've had this close to me in my life, you know, destructive habits like alcoholism, which then slowly, you know, um, lead to destruction of the self. So there's a soul piece. And also in this world, there's like the stress pressure and the, the, the wounds and the pain often of childhood that we've not processed as adults is another big, um, issue for, for being, um, yeah, for being, in that place where people feel like maybe they don't want to be here. Um, um, And so, yeah, turning to pleasure. When I first offered this course on pleasure was 2016, which I think was the same year I met you, actually. Was it? It was, yeah. Um, And I remember being cautious or aware that putting pleasure in the title of this retreat was going to make it tricky for people to come to it now this wouldn't be true now but back then there was barely nothing there was nothing that was saying anything about pleasure it was all about anger and grief and <laughs> saving your soul your shadow nobody was talking about pleasure and um, <laughs> and now there's like quite a lot of things you know looking at it so I realized it was risky because it was actually confronting people and asking them to own their desire for pleasure. And and the first iteration of this was called Master Your Pleasure because I wanted to be clear this is not about getting pleasure from someone else and because and, most of the dysfunction and codependency around exchange of pleasure comes from, you know, as trading with others and not understanding that actually pleasure comes only from within others can support so so firstly pleasure is not something anyone can give to you or make you have it, pleasure is only something you can allow you know to arise in your own body and it also took me quite a while to convince people and I have lots of stuff written on my website to try and explain pleasure is not necessarily just hedonism it is not necessarily selfish you know we know these kind of the Puritan ideas around pleasure being sinful, selfish, not moral, um, not um, not noble. So once we get through that layer, once we get through the layer of like shame, once we understand that pleasure is like a wide subject, so it's not just sexual pleasure. And, and the model I work with is based on eight, levels of human development so actually the first pleasure is safety and Mm. the first pleasure that we can experience as human being and some of us experience that in the womb and without that we can't experience sexual pleasure to any great degree and then the third level there's there's many levels but the third level is games and play and innocence and this also relates to like what's our capacity for sexual pleasure and and spiritual pleasure which is the the eighth Mm. 
So, so firstly, when people talk about pleasure, I'm saying like pleasure is not just having good sex, which is what some people think you're talking about, or going on holiday, or eating nice food. <laughs> it's like, it's like, um, can you be safe in the body? Can you play? Um, can you have emotional pleasure? Can you have mental pleasure? What is sensual pleasure? What is sexual pleasure? And the other if thing you to know is that pleasure, I believe is a medicine for the body. So there's now quite a lot of evidence in neuroimmunobiology is a specialist field looking at what happens with pleasure in the body to your white cells, to your immune system is boosted, you know? So it, not that we should need scientific evidence. It should be enough just to enjoy it. But <laughs> if we do need scientific evidence to justify our, our pleasure, yeah, you know, <laughs> so, um, that that is there is also creates creates happiness and happiness is linked to quality of life and longevity and health. Um, it it does this thing of like filling up the battery, you know that we were talking about energetically filling. So for me, pleasure creates and strengthens the life force, and also access to the life force gives greater access to pleasure. So there's kind of like a a double a double filling loop there in a way it's the opposite of that exchange pattern in those trauma patterns where you're like in that cycle of exchanging energy this is like being in the cycle of receiving energy. yeah and generating energy for yourself you know um so the but there's many things that are in the way of pleasure and so when you know and as you know i spent one of my things has been seven days working with pleasure. And then we're really just even touching the surface on people's patterns and their guilt and their resistance and, and, and their past body memories and the, the things that are they're holding. So pleasure is, is physically good for you. It's good for your immune system. It's good for your mental health. You know, it's, it's, I also see and experience pleasure as as a prayer you know as like something where we are particularly if we're, if we're speaking about sexual energy but it would be true for all where can we take that sexual energy and where can we use that in a way so in some of the more kind of uh, sacred sexuality realms they speak about sexual energy for multiple purposes so mm-hmm. for reproduction, recreation, mm-hmm. which we know, but actually there are others. There's manifestation, so using yeah. sexual energy to manifest, which if this energy can create a life, what can it create if it's not creating a life? Um, you know, rejuvenation, um, nurturing, rejuvenating the body, um, and restoration, so actually, there there are ways that if we run and we circulate sexual energy through our body ourselves or with others, and we stay connected to it, then we are nurturing and and refilling and refilling and and when I when I if I guide people in kind of like orgasmic type experiences, I, I usually say at the end, like if the if the red is like in your groin and is all your sexual energy and, and your breathing is spreading it throughout the body, imagining all this pink dye going, this sexual energy mm-hmm. spreading and, and really nurturing these cells. Because if you're not putting that out there for creation of a, another human being, you can use this energy to um, like bathe yourself in this 
this life force. So um, sexual energy at a very high level is also gives access to altered states and gives access to journeying and gives access to downloads oh, and wow. gives access to, you know, um, intuition. Cosmic orgasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, on that note. Cosmic <laughs> orgasms. That's what happens. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That feels like life force and for sure. Piana says that feels like life force for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, um, and when, when Fiona was saying earlier about, you know, keep it, keep it to yourself, um, you know, if that's for you, the, you know, your, your sexual energy around the kind of restriction and shame piece, actually, even that is very shamed because one of the things I spent many years teaching is like mindful self-pleasuring or, you know, and, and looking at unhealthy masturbation habits, which actually also drain your energy. They don't fill your energy. Mm-hmm. If you're doing those as a form of stress relief or a form of avoidance or distraction, you're not really loving your body. You're just kind of like taking from your body Correct. in many yeah. ways and draining yourself. But if you can learn to, you know, connect, but even that has been shamed. In fact, in the Catholic Church, they particularly like to shame self-touch or masturbation. Um, so even even if you're like trying to stay in the realms of your religious cultural thing and not share your sexual energy with anyone else, which I I don't I wouldn't want to do myself, but say you wanted to do that, many of these these religions and cultures also shame even self-connection to yeah. to your own sexual energy, and and. The other thing, I think this is the last thing I want to say in sexual energy is if if zero is is disconnection and mm. ten is orgasm, mm. like most of us are walking around with our engine of our sexual energy switched off. Wow. Because it's not appropriate, it's not welcome, we can't be walking around the office. Then mm. we come to a, an engagement and we switch it on and it's there and then we switch it off again. And so for me, one of the things working and helping people understand sexual energy and life force is the engine should always be on. Mm. You should always be connected. Doesn't mean you're walking around like super horny the whole time, unable to function. But you know, <laughs> your your life force and your sexual energy should be sitting running at a two or a three. You should be connected to it and and not shutting it on and off for some particular time and because we are encouraged to shut it off when it's not appropriate we're disconnected you know from um from the life force um a lot of the time we're disconnected from our like that primary central central channel and then also it's also like you know anything to fire up you know gear one in a car like it costs a lot more energy start something mm-hmm. so like every time you're having to turn yourself on and off presumably you're wasting a load of energy mm-hmm. whereas if you were just running it the whole very like lightly mm-hmm. then then you're not costing the energy that it takes to switch on and off presumably exactly and and actually we haven't even touched on the other big thing to do with life force um and sexual energy but life force in general is like the the power of creativity that comes from that and how that is connected to our creativity. So many, many people are disconnected from their creativity in life because the this energy of um, sexual energy 
that that thread, if you like, of the life force channel, there is sexual energy, um, is disconnected, um, and also so if we we've been kind of taught to build sexual energy and discharge it and very kind of you know get rid of it, peak orgasm kind of behavior. Whereas what if I build that sexual energy, I can hold it and I can take that into my life to use for creativity, to use for other purposes. Um, but that's that's like a whole other area. This conversation I would so love to have with you. I would I know that Fiona might not be able to speak. I'm I am completely disconnected from this conversation. <laughs> I feel like this conversation is like um I feel like it's uh, had a, a almost a demonstration of energy has been going <laughs> on with the internet and it and the sound and everything. I'm on the out. Yeah, I'm um, on the outside. I know that Fiona would <laughs> love to have you back when the technology is working and we can. Can you hear me, Carilla? <laughs> I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully in the recording, you'll also hear if you want. It's just me who's like, can't, and I just had a look on my screen. Is there something I'm not doing? It's like there's nothing on. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. But, but I do feel like, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a force of Mother Earth in these conversations. And I do feel. <laughs> and she yeah. didn't want me to have a voice. But, but <laughs> you know, sexual energy and voice are also, like to me, the voice is sexual mm. energy. Like the voice is part of our sexual energy, and and I feel like as we've been talking, the disconnect. Whenever I talk about connection in my courses, disconnect can also come up because it's just like how can you talk about one without the other, and and you know the loss. If anything, I, I think pleasure, sexual energy, everything the place where it can begin, especially if you're really traumatized, is with the reclaiming of your voice, because that is the reclaiming of, of, of your sexual energy. Um what I would love, Elaine, is that you come back when we can actually have Fiona in the conversation as well. Because there's so many th- more things I want to ask you. There's so many more like I knew this was gonna happen that you were just gonna open you were gonna like open doors that I'm like we need to go through that door and talk about creativity and then we need to go through that trauma door and like there's so many places I, I want to go with you so Carilla I, 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 I also want to reflect on the science and mystic connection as well oh and the science and the mystic connection is what I've been <laughs> my logical brain needs that as well so so we'd love to have you back we haven't had any tech problems so i don't know what's happened today other than the fact that the life force is strong other than the fact that like as always the field you hold and the space that you hold and the message that you have is so impactful that it's creating waves in 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 the internet and the technology (laughs) and yeah I really hope that you come back onto May the Life Force be with you um so that we can go deeper with some of these really important introduction Mm. conversations um, <laughs> I'm sorry about the technology. I, I have one more question for you. Who should we interview next? <laughs> Laurie Handler's if she will say yes. <laughs> She's busy, uh, but she is a 
she is a dear friend of mine and she's sometimes up for doing she would be great to talk about life force she has more life force on a bad day than i could even have on a good day let me put it that way wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I, I could connect you and see if she's up for a conversation. Oh, um, that would be... It's pretty full-on schedule-wise. Um, otherwise, I can think of I can think of, of some others, but as soon as you said it, that's what came to mind. And she actually has a, a radio um, show in the US called Sex and Happiness, um, um, and, and um, she's into um, radical life extension and... Um, yeah, it's a huge amount of life force. If you would connect us, we would be so grateful. I feel like her voice should definitely be part of of the conversation. And like I said, I'm so sorry about this. And I'm I'm sorry not to hear more of your Scottish accent, Fiona, or to hear directly your questions. Um, but yeah, thank you both. Thank it's you. been so one of the things I enjoy most actually about doing the conversations that I I've done when I have time to do them is I'm really, I'm really awful at recording anything or doing anything or finding time to do things. So it's one of the ways I find that I can also share with people and then put that, put most of the things that are on my website are all things that have come from like conversations and podcasts with people. So I'm also very grateful to that you draw the, the conversation out and that we share that. And sometimes I, often I say things that I didn't even know I thought, so... Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you another time for sure. Thanks, Elaine. Thank you. Okay, testing. Testing. Testing one, two, three. Can you hear me, Karila? I can hear you. <sighs> oh, my God. Thank goodness for that. I thought the universe was trying to disconnect me from the conversation. What was that tell? That told me a few things. It told me it's really hard. When you're really interested in something, you're desperate to ask a question and can't. I felt like I was a school kid trying to put their hand up, me, me, in the front of the class. Because um, there was so many profound statements that Elaine said in her session that I was trying to kind of hook myself onto all these different, really interesting kind of directions we could go in. So I'm so grateful that she's coming back. Yeah, I mean... She's so amazing and, you know, I knew we would not get Elaine into to the little slot that we had, but <laughs> I, I felt for you because in a way, though, it was such a demonstration of, of, of disconnection of yeah of, 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 of shame of being overpowered of of like when your sexual energy is out of your body like you know this thing of like know yourself and it's like but if you can't hear yourself if you can't speak for yourself then how do you know yourself so it felt like there, there was this like demonstration of of what I, happens and it's Elaine as well you know like we missed you we wanted you part of that conversation so can I tell you the exact yeah. moment I think it went was when she was talking about the solar plexus because I've been doing a lot of work on my solar plexus and that is my blockage area and she's saying you know your power is knowing yourself and knowing your own power and I'd written down everyone can 
have their own power. You, that is the one thing that you can own. And my mantra right now is I can, because it's connected to my solar plexus. plexus. And so the whole time I was thinking about that, I think that's when it went and it was like, ha ha, no, you can't stop saying you can. I'm going to make sure you can't just to be, just to play with you. Let's get playful with this fee. And I'm like, interesting. <laughs> I actually can't. <laughs> that's going to be really uncomfortable for me to sit with. <laughs> you can't. And I know. Even my body language changed. I can feel it. I can feel it in myself, you know, so interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was so, it really showed me how much you bring to this conversation, because as soon as you were not able to be part of it, I felt unsafe. And, you know, what she was saying about safety being the first pleasure, it was like, Fiona brings safety to to what is often a risky and dangerous and on the edge conversation. And that is one of your powers. And it's thank you for saying that good space holder. And so if a gift came out of this, I hope <laughs> that to the people that you you hold, you bring safety, which is the first pleasure, as Elaine so wisely. Yeah. Well, thank you for thank you for saying that. Um, I was deep in my shame and <laughs> my can't. <laughs> so um, that. Gosh, you know what? We learn something every time we do this from the most unexpected places. <laughs> and this was technical issues. And gosh, I feel like I've kind of like need to go and lie down. I feel like, but strangely, my energy feels really high, but just feels like there was a lot poof, to kind of absorb and, and take on there that might not have come across for people listening, but being in it and being in that space with Elaine. It'd be interesting to listen back to it actually and how that felt with that in the moment disconnection versus it might sound like a beautiful journey on the other side, you know. Maybe. We have our own perspectives. (laughs) Mine. I mean it it that conversation had a lot of energy in it though because I was feeling like I was feeling this energy coming and I was like and it, I was really meeting the part of me that, like, could not hold this energy of this conversation, you know? Yeah. It was my... <laughs> it felt it. It felt it. And yeah. it went from porn to suicide to knowing yourself. I mean, like, it was vast. Yeah, it was. Well, I'm glad we're going to get to get this one again. <laughs> Um, and I'm just going to end with something that she she mentioned, which I love, or a, a statement, that, a phrase that she used, and that was using pleasure as a prayer, or mm. seeing pleasure as a prayer, um, and you know, an invitation to take from that whatever that might mean to you. Let's pray <laughs> with all of our pleasure. The technology, thank God Elaine is free on Friday. (laughs) 
the technology is gonna mean that you and her can pick up on the subject that I know you so I, I know there was loads you want to speak yeah. about we're going to start with grief and I, I pray that the technology is harmonious. Thank you. So um, let's hope the life force is with us next time. May the life force and the technology be with you. <laughs> we hope this conversation has topped up your life force energy. If it has, then please help us spread the life force. Like, share, subscribe, all of that. (laughs) And may the life force be with all of us.